When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're waiting to get a hold of uh, Christopher J. Yates. Yes. I'm trying to find him on Twitter and... He's an author who's not on Twitter, Jules. He isn't. He's got a website. Yeah, I know. He, this is another great book, Grist Mill Road. You might have read his first book, We Did Not Black no. Chalk, but um, it's a suspense thriller. Mm-hmm. And um, this was the book I read on the plane oh. to Honolulu. You can't put it down. I didn't have to because that flight was eight Eight hours hours and 45 minutes. Oh, I remember how long that flight is. Yeah, so it was like so good to like just have a book that you just kept wanting to turn the page except for the couple times when, you know, you just had to get up. When you had to get up and stretch your legs out a little bit? Maybe take a whiz. Did you fly first class? No, economy economy comfort. Economy comfort. I just, I, I, um, I don't, I just, yeah, I don't have enough miles that I want to redeem, like, the number of miles to it get upgraded. Take, yes. Yeah. That would so, be a lot of them. Even though I always hope that, you know, there's an empty seat and I might get upgraded or somebody just says, Lori, I love your Julia show. Come sit up front. Remember? That remember, would be so nice. Remember that happened the one time with Mark, oh, the mechanic? Yeah. They just called on one of our first. Is there a Lori, Lori and Julia on this? I think it was still Northwest. Mm-hmm. We, we've got seats up front for you, ladies. Oh, oh those that was... were the days. Those <laughs> were the days. Well, um, there's a... Donnie's trying to get it. I know. There's a new them. lawsuit out. So Oscar contender Shape of Water is being accused of ripping off a 1969 play. Isn't it basically a modern retelling of Beauty and the Beast? Well, that's... With a sci-fi <laughs> flair. <laughs> Everything I picked up on that movie is I'm like, so it's Beauty and the Beast with a sci-fi twist right here's what you know because it's leading the oscar nominations with um 13 um nominations and the academy awards are just a week from this sunday on march 4th and apparently the lawsuit was filed um alleging that it's fantastical plot about a romance between a cleaning woman and a mysterious river creature was lifted directly from american stage play the lawsuit filed in federal court in Los Angeles alleged director Guillermo del Toro, producer Daniel Cross, and movie studio Fox Searchlight brazenly copies the story, elements, characters, and theme by a play in night from 1969 by the late Paul Zendel. So who knows? No, nah, it's Beauty and the Beast with a sci-fi twist. You're so this guy so... doesn't have a chance anyway. You don't think so? No, but here's the breaking news. Lisa Marie Presley is offering an explanation about why she's in debt and why she did, she sold 85% of Elvis Presley why Enterprises for only $100 million. Why did she? Her manager, Barry Siegel, 
uh, talked her into it that that Jeez. would be the most that she could get. Oh. Then he took the $100 million and invested it <gasps> in a company called Core Entertainment, which was the parent company of American Idol. And 2005 was the heyday for American Idol. And then Core went belly up and her stock plummeted and she lost $25 million just on the stock oh, alone. No. And um She's suing him for more than a hundred million. Does he have any money? Well, maybe. Who knows? But we, we've got Christopher. Do we have oh, Christopher? We yeah, go ahead. Christopher's with us. Oh, Christopher, okay. we were just talking about you before we were talking about Lisa Marie Presley. How the heck are you? <laughs> I am fantastic. How are you two? We're we great. are good. Um, we loved reading Gristmill Road. I was lucky to read it in one sitting on a plane going to Honolulu. So it was so great because it's such a page turner. It really is. And this is your second novel, Gristmill Road. If you could give people a setup of the story, because we know you can do it better than we can. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I'll give it a try. Okay. Um, so the idea of the novel is basically it opens with a fairly dark uh, violent crime. Mm-hmm. Um, two boys are in the mountains of New York. It's 1982. And uh, they have a girl tied to a tree. And unfortunately, one of the boys starts shooting her with a Red Rider BB gun. Um, so everything kind of flows after this horrible, terrible event that happens in the... And it's so interesting, chapter. you know, Christopher, the storytelling device that you're using with, you know, how everybody sees something differently, even something as traumatic as this, and just sort of, I mean, I kept gasping. I know. I I was like, what? I just, it was, I I just, it was really, really good. Oh, that's great. Well, that was kind of the desired effect. And yeah, you're right. So I mentioned those three people in the opening chapter. We hear from each of them in turn. First from a boy who was standing by and does nothing and feels like a coward for the rest of his life. And then from the girl. And then finally from the shooter when we kind of find out what really happened leading up to this terrible, horrible event. Yeah, and it, it, to me, it just I'm just thinking, and I don't know, now this is gossip that we just read, you know, like on Instagram, Christopher, that Salma Blair had read this book, and she's like, I'm wondering if Reese Witherspoon has optioned this, because I could see this like being, and Julia and I talked about it, like an eight-episode, like Big Little Lies, like the, the story could be told that way, and we're wondering if there's any truth to that rumor. Well, that would be fantastic if it were entirely true. Um, and suddenly you're right, Reese was discussing Grissmore Road with her buddy, Selma Blair. Uh, but I don't have anything signed in blood. Okay, um, okay. But I hear there's still plenty of interest out there in Hollywood land, so uh, fingers crossed that it gets turned into something fantastic. Could you yeah. see that happening? Sorry, Julia. Could you see that happening? I mean, would you? can you see that in your mind? I, I'd certainly love to see it happening. I mean, I I think and hope it would be very filmable. Um, but at the end of the day, I try not to pay too much attention because I think you could drive yourself mad if yeah. you concerned yourself too much with the machinations of our movie, movie studios and TV people. Right. Christopher, what do people... Okay, so the story... I mean, I think it, it gripped you with the opening line, what does it mean to watch when a crime play, takes place in front of you and you watch and you don't do anything. I mean, just... Having, you know, going and thinking that in your own life, what does it mean? I mean, it was just such a compelling opening. And the story, how it weaves back and forth, I 
I just hated what happened to one of the characters personally. I mean, but it's just how lying and t- lying, secrets, the lies secrets, and secrets yeah. over all the years just burn up people. I mean, and it happens all the time. That It's just such a great read. You did a great job with this. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if that line, kind of, what does it mean to stand by and watch comes from my background as a lawyer, which, uh, <laughs> you know, I actually trained as a lawyer, and these are the kind of questions we were asked, kind of, is it a crime to stand by and watch someone drowning? So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I never became a lawyer, but perhaps some of it came in useful eventually. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting perspective of some of the questions that I'm sure you would be asked going through school. Did you... Do you think that, um, you know, when you're out and about doing your book readings and everything, because you have been in everything as the top read, Entertainment Weekly, People, New York Times gave you a great review. Have you, have people had a certain question that they just wanted to know more about a character or anything like that? Um, I think, yeah, I think people mostly want to know if it comes from my actual um, experience. And certainly there's a, there's a scene in the opening chapter which I wrote almost word and word for word from my childhood, which is a scene where, um, well, what happened to me was when I was 10 years old, my neighbor and I went into the woods and built a spear together. And when we'd finished building the spear, my neighbor looked at me and he said, run. <gasps> and then he said it louder because I was frozen to the spot. He screamed, run. Uh, so I ran as fast as I can and I, knew he'd thrown this spear at me because I could hear it kind of whistling through the air and it hit me in the back of the leg and probably I should have turned around and thrown it straight back at him. Yeah. But I didn't. And just like the character of Patrick in the book, I was kind of weak in that moment. Um, my neighbor was kind of malicious and, and strong. And so the opening instant, the opening crime kind of comes from me taking it one step further than and that spear something that really happened to me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That and that was just like such a run. I mean, and you were so young, twelve years old. Yeah, yeah. I was but actually. That's um, the kind of thing. I was actually ten. I mean, oh. can't you see that happening? You're building forts. You're playing games. You're doing. I mean, you can see where the how that can. You're I trying can't. to scare each other. Oh my! I had friends, and we built forts, and we were always imagining. No, just like. The place, and no one ever actually did that, but you can see, particularly, I'm sorry, but with boys, there will be a boy who's meaner than the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what I did when I was a kid. And it was interesting to me writing it, you know, setting it in 1982, because I'm not sure children do this anymore. So I liked the kind of contrast between, you know, what perhaps our childhoods were like mm-hmm. at uh, childhoods nowadays, where, you know, maybe it's a, Good thing if children end up not throwing spears at each other. <laughs> I have never heard of anyone I know doing this. So yeah, but I mean the yeah. whole the going out in the woods, riding your bike, slingshots. You know the yeah. I, I think kind of I I really liked that the you know the innocence of the friendships and then as people get into puberty and I, all of that. I thought it was just that was really a sweet spot in the book and in the storytelling. Yeah, well, thank you. That that was. That was really straight out of my childhood. Even though my childhood was in, uh, you may have noticed, I don't have an American accent. Right, so right. My it's... childhood was in England, but I pretty much 
use my own experience and try to reimagine it as an American childhood. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great book. Gris Mill World, we're talking with Christopher, the author, and it's just such a great book. Where fingers are crossed that somebody, I mean, we'd love to see it on HBO or Netflix or something. It would be a great eight episode series. And it's uh, one of our recommended, if you're uh, going on a trip and. You just need a great book. Gristmill Road is your book. Christopher, thank you wait, for being wait, with us. Wait, wait, before you go, you have oh, to wait. tell us the last great book that you read. The last great book that I read is uh, Lincoln and the Bardo. Oh, you're not the first author to tell. Is it really that no, good? Is it, it that really, good? It really is, yeah. Okay. He invents his own language and his own his own world, really. It's, it's a kind of stunning work of fiction. All right. Well, it's been delightful to talk to you. We yes. love your accent, and uh, just thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. We've got bye a couple bye. copies to give away. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Did I just say bye bye? You did. And he said bye bye back. I know. That's Darling. Well, he was Darling, and I'm telling you guys, this is a great book.